0: Welcome to Chowder and Grits, the podcast for Virginia Tech Sports. I'm Justin Cociola alongside Tim Hurth. It is Thursday, October 27th. We're talking Virginia Tech, NC State. We've got James Henderson from Inside Pack Sports on to uh, help us preview NC State, give you an inside look about everything the Wolf Pack have going on and uh, what the odds are Virginia Tech could possibly pull the upset. Uh, but before all that, Tim, what's uh, what's going on? You know, I got an NBA game on the
1: television right now, I actually, um, which is not like me, purchased NBA (laughs) TV this year, and uh, I have not regretted it. I've been enjoying watching basketball, which leads me to, obviously, the next step logically, which is, hey, ACC basketball coming up. The Hokies are here to defend their title. I can't wait to get talking about that later. But first, obviously, we got to take a look at this week's football game, um, and I know we have some thoughts.
0: Yeah, so... uh, Basketball season's right around the corner. I don't know when tip-off is exactly, but I know it's in November. And November is only a few days away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, Hokies coming off a bye. They're 2-5, and obviously. Um, I think this, uh, if they don't win Thursday, not to start off negative, but I'm just spitting facts here, I think it'll be their first winless October since 1952. Go! So, yeah. it's been a minute. Um, you know, obviously I think, uh, this would be five straight losses, which I don't think has been done in a, a couple of decades. So there's, um, there's a couple of things on the line here. Unfortunately, uh, they've got a pretty tough matchup against NC state. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into it. And just a reminder uh, we're out there on YouTube, uh, Chowder and Grits. Uh, type it in. You'll find these videos if you prefer to listen to your podcast that way. Apple Podcasts, Spotify seem to be the most popular audio uh, audio routes. And uh, ChowderandGrits.com, Instagram, Twitter, Chowder and Grits. I think you got it by now. Let's jump into the James Henderson preview, and, uh, yeah, let's see what he has to say. We welcome on James Henderson from Inside Pack Sports. James, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, fellas, anytime I appreciate it.
0: So uh, NC State, five and two, uh, down their quarterback, Devin Leary. Uh, can you give us three other reasons why Virginia Tech could possibly win this game? <laughs> it's a hell of a way to well, start. Say why they would.
2: Yeah, you guys have probably watched football as long as me. I mean, anytime you're down your quarterback, that's that counts as two, right? Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how Virginia Tech feels about Grant Wells, but he's been playing. And so I think that's always I know for NC State right now, you're just going into a game where it's like, hey, can we win one without Leary? And I know, obviously, Chambers played the second half against Florida State, but that wasn't a full game. And and I think Virginia Tech's solid defensively to where it's a concern. So for me, it would be, the you know, the quarterback position and and. You know, it's, it's weird. I look at these two teams, and and while NC State's five and two and ranked and all those things, I mean, I think offensively they're very close. They're very similar. Like neither, neither are explosive, right? I mean, neither have yeah. game-breaking weapons. And I just think anytime you go into a game like that without weapons, I mean, you're kind of swimming upstream a little bit. And and I yeah. think that's just a problem both are facing.
1: Well, something I wanted to touch on you about too was even when Devin was around, I. Tim Beck has frustrated me in the past watching NC State games, but then again, you look at what he did with Bailey Hockman when Leary went down a couple years ago. Tim Beck, not Bailey Hockman, was the one getting, you know, squeezing what he could out of Bailey Hockman to get State to put up some respectable performances. I don't know if State lacks... You probably know better than I do, but to me, I'm not sure State lacks explosive players, but they certainly have trouble scheming them open. When Jack Chambers took over, it looked like they didn't trust him to do anything against Syracuse. And that frustrated me personally because I think Jack could have beaten Syracuse if allowed to throw the football just a little bit more. I
2: agree. Yeah.
1: What are your thoughts on the game plan going into Virginia Tech? I mean, if you're in C-State, you have to unleash Jack, right?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, because I don't think it's – I think part of their issues this year was their def- – they came into the year with what they thought was the best defense in the ACC. Right and I think they felt right or wrong like we can go out and if we get a lead on teams it's pretty much over and you look at their first four games when their numbers weren't great even offensively and, and you know you throw out UConn you throw out Charleston and they blew those teams out no one cares but you know Texas Tech East Carolina like they wrote two scores on those teams at halftime and just quit essentially offensively sure. because they knew they could win the game right and so um I think that's been their game plan and it kind of bit them against Clemson, where you know they had to come back, and they and again you're playing on the road against Clemson. Clemson played well tonight, no turnovers. I mean, you're not going to Clemson to win and win if they don't give you the game. Essentially, let's be real no. here. No. Um, and so, I, I think that was the problem then. And then FSU, yeah, just slow start, and, and and so I think, I don't think they feel like they have to unleash Jack Chambers, and that's probably like you're saying that's the frustrating part for NC State fans sure. because it's like. No one wants to watch football like that anymore. No. I mean, like, if you're a no. fan, there's right. still <clears throat> an entertainment aspect to it where it's like, yeah, we we beat Texas Tech 27-14, but it could have been worse if we sure. tried. right? Sure.
1: I mean, and, and, and that was the frustrating thing for the Syracuse game is I thought you know, State was right in that game. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, Tim Beck never came out of his shell from an offensive play-calling perspective. And while he doesn't necessarily come out of his shell often lately, it seems – Part of my frustration is it seems like with Beck all year, he hasn't allowed his receivers to even attempt to make plays, which a lot of folks have pointed to the loss of Emeka Mezzi. But, you know, that was a patented throw right there, back shoulder to Mezzi. Emeka Emezi. Mecca's a great wide receiver. But you're not even giving the wide receivers a chance with back shoulder balls right now. You're not giving them a chance one-on-one to make contested catches. And that's what I feel like is – So are you – is this and, going back to the Leary? Is This, this is going, going back to-, to Leary, but this is going back to Virginia Tech ultimately. We have yeah. the same issues, mm-hmm. and I find frustrations that are very similar in both of these offenses. The only difference is Beck is very ex- experienced OC. Tyler Bowen is his first year. Something's got to give here. I mean, yeah. some, somebody has got to break out offensively in this
2: game. Yeah, I think explosiveness is a myth, if that makes sense. Like, look, you, watch the NFL, you guys watch the NFL, right? You don't see guys running wide open. Let's be no. real. I mean, guys are making contested catches all day Sundays. Yep. And so just because you don't think you have the profiles to have explosive <laughs> weapons, give them opportunities. And Mecca Mezzi, he ran 4.8, I think, at a combine or at right. a pro day. Like, he's not fast, but he got opportunity. Like, throw it up. You know, I tell the people on our boards, I mean, what, four things can happen on a, on a vertical shot, right? A completion, incompletion, interception, penalty.
0: Sure.
2: You know, and I mean, I'll, three of those things I think are okay for the <laughs> yeah. offense. And
1: you know, two like, are like good. I
2: yeah, and, and I know folks will say, well, one of them is an incompletion. I'm like, okay, I can run the ball into the back of my line for second and ten, too. Right? And, right. and we didn't throw that. And so, take the shots. I think, like, I don't know what Virginia Tech's numbers are like in terms of the vertical shots. But with NC State, I mean, everyone in the game throwing two, three, four vertical balls a game. And it's just like, well, how can you be explosive if you're not trying? And, right. I don't know if Virginia Tech's got that same <coughs>
0: issue. Very much do. Very much do. I think – um You know, I haven't watched a ton of NC State games this year, but um, it sounds like they're vertically challenged like Virginia Tech is, which is uh, frustrating with Virginia Tech because you look at a guy like Grant Wells, who had success throwing the ball down the field last year at Marshall. um, It was actually one of the better (laughs) situations he he found himself in statistically uh, was his down-the-field throw. So it is questionable. Uh, You know, looking past – chambers a little bit you know there's really only a one game sample size he transferred in from charleston southern so you know i think he had 17 touchdowns and 10 picks last year you know what what is nc state going to try and do to virginia tech on thursday night to try and establish some kind of offensive flow
2: yeah i think they're going to try and run the football you know they get back demi sumo who you know i think is their best um tackle breaker in between the oh, yeah. chains. I mean, like their, their problem at Syracuse was, I don't know how many total runs they have. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they, they forced four missed tackles as a team. And I mean, that's just, you're getting what your <clears throat> offensive line is blocking when you're doing it. And that's including right. Chambers, right? I mean, that's including right. your quarterback, all runs. It was like four. And I think that's where Sumo can help them at, is he's a guy who can break tackles, make plays in, in the run game. And, and I think they're going to run the ball and mix in some shots you know one of the things you you mentioned with tim beck like if i'm him i don't go into this game necessarily trying to completely revamp my offense right i don't come out the bye week doing that i come out saying i've got eight to ten shots i want to take in a game right like i've got eight to ten these plays i think i can find a a mismatch i like i can take a vertical for a touchdown i'm in a red zone i've got a player two i want to go to where i can score on and i think if you're nc state with where their defense is at if you can hit two of those in a game, you're in good shape. Yeah, and right. you know, I, but the thing is you got to call them. And the other problem I will I will say this for Beck. You know, when, when I go back and watch the games afterwards and we're cutting it up for our features, he's called some plays vertically where God they're, they're not throwing them. Yeah. You know, like the quarterback has to throw it, it's got to be blocked up at the right time at the same time, right? It has to be there. I know against Syracuse, there were two verticals they called that Chambers just didn't throw Mm-hmm. he ate it and 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 ran for 4 or 5 yards and and you don't those don't show up right in terms of the vertical opportunities so it's not just the the quarterback like the coach the quarterback has to be able to throw it the, the line has to block form all those things
0: sure uh, defensively i mean you know nc state came into the season a lot of hype uh, they've performed at a you know, good level. I, I don't think they've been as good as people maybe thought they would be um, this year. What What is what does NC State do well? And, um, you know, where do you where do you think their strengths are defensively right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I think their thing is they're really good on all three levels. Like they have a a guy on every level, you know, like defensive line, Corey Durden was first team all ACC last year. They've got three really good linebackers. I think all three have been all ACC at one point secondary Tanner Engel's first team all ACC at safety they've got Aiden White who I think at corners their best player right now
1: absolutely defensively
2: I mean he's been he's like might be leading the PF you know PFF at corners in terms of coverage in the league yep. I and mean, he's been really good Gotta and so yeah I mean I think they've got multiple guys where they feel like they've got playmakers and, and that gives them a chance I mean their offense hasn't helped them out a lot and, look, I'm, I'm often the biggest critic of NC State's defense. I'm with you. I mean, they go into a game like Syracuse where, you know, Syracuse scored on the final possession to get 24 in that game, and I still feel like they didn't play well. Yep. You know, most right. games as a defense, you take your defense giving up 24 on the road against an undefeated team, right? And And that's kind of like I think the expectations are so high for them. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's the – you know, if they're going to do something over these final five games, I mean, I think that's the – the side they're going to lean to and that's why I, I was telling Tim like I just don't necessarily think Beck's going to come out and be try and be crazy explosive because I really think they feel like Virginia Tech they may think they can win that game 24-13 and so don't throw a pick six don't give up a fumble return for a touchdown yeah. trying to do stuff you may not have to do
1: that's right yeah, I mean, looking at Virginia Tech and what we've done this year, I mean, that's that's a fair bet. And I think, you know, going in with Jack Chambers, your confidence there obviously is hit or miss, understandably so. I mean, why risk it? You know, I, I think potentially if we come out and you see the Hokies have some success on offense, um, you know, because our expectations could not be lower right now for the offense. If you were to see that, I think we might, you know, we, we'd see Tim Beck and, and Jack Chambers throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, but it's just hard-pressed to imagine a scenario in which they're going to come out gunning, although, you know, selfishly, I still want to see both teams sling it yeah. around. I just, I kind of can see what game we're going to get right now, and uh, it, it may not be the most exciting football game. Let's just say that.
2: No, and I think, I mean, I know we had Justin on our podcast, I think he talked about a lot of the same things I said. I mean, Virginia Tech's been moving ball. Like, NC State against mm-hmm. Syracuse, they scored nine points, had four red zone trips. Right. I mean, how's yeah. that – How's that happen, right? I mean, you go into the red zone four times, you come out with nine points. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. I mean, that was a game. Sounds like the Tennessee Titans. You know, I mean, you, know your kick, you don't like your kicker being up for the Luke Rosey, right? <laughs> that's
0: like, right. Just, right. Just
2: let you listen, you know, your listeners know this, right? I mean, it's great for him, but it's not good. On right. that note,
0: uh, Will Ross, <laughs> Virginia Tech kicker, uh, is actually wearing the 25 this week. Uh, oh, there you go. Because he is one of the best players for the Hokies this year. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this game could probably wrap up in under two hours, yeah, um, yeah. if we're being honest, because I think both teams are going to try and run the football. Uh, I don't know if necessarily Virginia Tech is going to be able to have success, um, but, you know, what's your prediction right now? You've got NC State, they're a 13 and a half point favorite, you know, the over under is 39 and a half, which Ooh. is nasty, gracious, nasty. So I'm I'm hoping the game is a little bit more exciting than that. Um but kind of like what you were saying, like neither one of these teams is is very good at creating explosive explosive plays. So I feel like the key to winning for both is a sound game defensively and on special teams to to not let the game get away from them from that standpoint, you know, allowing a defensive touchdown, allowing a special teams touchdown. Where are you at right now with NC State?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, NC State went to Clemson, and and they were down, I think it was 13-10 at the half, I believe. They had three possessions in the first half. Yeah. And, I mean, that it felt like that first half was, like, you know, an hour long, right? I mean, it was just – and they scored on two of the three possessions, and you're sitting here at halftime thinking your offense wasn't good because you only have 10 points. Right. Yep. But, I mean, you know, and that's the thing that's so weird about it sometimes is, like, they had an eight-minute drive and a five-minute drive. And I think that's what you'll probably get against Virginia Tech. I think both of these offenses are going to try and ball control. I mean, if you scan the ACC stats for explosive plays, like I said, they're 12th, 13th, 14th. And whatever yardage you want to pick, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, doesn't matter. They're at the bottom. So that tells you there's either going to be a lot of three and outs (laughs) or a Mm -hmm. lot of these drives where they're like eight minutes and they might end up with the field goal inside the red zone, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm looking at something like, I mean, I think I picked maybe 24, like I told you, 24-13, 27-16, like yeah. something right around that number. I mean, that's right on the, the, the Vegas total. Like, I don't think this is going to be a game where it's a blowout. And, I mean, I would be shocked if Virginia Tech wins it, really. Like, I mean, because, you know, I was telling Tim, I don't think State's going to come out and really push the tempo, really try and make this an up-tempo explosive game. And I think Virginia Tech – that's probably in their wheelhouse of what they've got offensively this year. Right. I mean,
0: that, yeah. If fe- I mean, it feels like, and this is not meant to be disrespectful because mm-hmm. Virginia tech's two and five and NC state's five and two, but it actually feels like a, a decent matchup for Virginia tech because mm-hmm. defensively right now, both teams are pretty solid. You know, they, they can be vulnerable in, in certain areas. Virginia tech's been a pretty solid defense this year outside of, the explosive play specifically in a few matchups um offensively you know there there has been no explosive plays so it's going to be interesting to see how they how they match up against nc state Um, i think on your podcast i said 31 20 Um, i think i'm going to come down on that a little bit i'll say 27 to 15 i think it's just going to be a weird score i don't know why Um, Tim, what's, what's your prediction for the game? I mean,
1: I'm right in line with you guys. I I expect NC state to win. Um, you know, right now it seems to me that Brent Pry came into this season with an idea of how he wanted to play football. He wanted two tight ends on the field and he wanted to run it up the middle twice, three, four, five, six times a drive. The only issue is sometimes when you get younger head coaches in there. They don't realize that you really need to build your offense around the people you have in that locker room, not necessarily what your ideal for a good football team is. So until we stop acting like we're Iowa, um, not this year, Iowa is a dumpster fire, give me Wisconsin, you know, for the last decade, until we stop pretending we're Wisconsin the last decade and that we can dominate on the offensive line, if we continue to run straight into the defense, that plays in NC State's hands. I mean, NC State's not only good, they're elite. When you talk about their line and their linebackers, one of the best combined units front seven in the game, I think right now in all of college football. If you went, you know, player by player, there's just as much talent there as there is anywhere else.
2: Yeah, and that's it, the problem. You know, NC State at home this year. I mean, they're giving up 13 to Texas Tech, who I mean, they're putting up 35, 40 on everybody. Sure. 16 to Florida State, which might be their low score for the year. yukon um, I mean, Charleston Southern. Zero and ten, I believe. I mean, they're at home, they're really tough defensively, and, and like yeah, that's yeah. why I think it's going to be one of those games where I think Virginia Tech will be in it a lot in large part because I don't think state's going to really put their foot to the pedal. And it's going to yeah. be one of these games where I can see it being 13 six at halftime, and then you sure. end up, it's like I said, 24 14, you know, like yeah. You know, well, that and-
1: rate, 24-14 was exactly what <clears throat> my prediction was going to be for NC State, and yeah. would have been a bigger gulf if Devin Leary was playing, understandably. Um, you know, it's a shame that we didn't get to see Devin Leary be Devin Leary this year, and I think that speaks to my frustration with Tim Beck in game planning more specifically than it is. Devin Leary's missed throws. everybody knows that. He wasn't as sharp as he was last year, but at the same time... I do think he was stifled a little bit and what made oh, no. him special needed to shine through a little bit more. And I, and that's not his fault. It's a shame he's gone. Obviously it'd be a different story. If you were playing, I think Jack keeps us in the game. Um, not because Jack's not talented, but just because I think the game plan is going to be uber conservative. I expect us to continue to think we're Wisconsin, even though we don't have the personnel for it. And I continue, you know, I, we're, there's going to be a lot of three and outs on our side. So yeah, give me something 24, 14, 24, 10, something along those lines. But um, I'm really hoping I see the Hokies at least try to pass the ball in this game. Hey,
2: I think both fan base and catch it, be, and catching yeah.
1: catching would be good.
2: They want to see a forward pass, man. That's I mean, it. Like, this is <clears throat> pay good money for these tickets, right? I mean, folks want to go and see, you know. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes I get into a habit on our boards of trying, and it feels like I'm defending NC State, but I'm really not. When I just say, "Look, I think they feel that's the way they have they can win." Yeah, and the goal ultimately for them is to win the game. Like you know, they're sitting here four and O going into that Clemson game, and everybody's ticked off because it hadn't been pretty.
0: Yeah. but
2: they were four and you know, and so
0: right. Um, so first game that Virginia Tech will travel to Carter Fenley since 2010, uh, which leads me to my last question, James. <laughs> oh, that, that was the Russell Wilson era, and yeah. I just got you know, Tyrod Taylor Russell Taylor. Wilson. Yep. Yeah, Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor. Russell Wilson, I, I just have a question, not about the player, but about the guy. What's your perception with with his uh persona these days? Like what's going on with him? So, was, was he like that when he was in school? Well,
2: I'm gonna be honest with you guys, you know, <clears throat> I've been covering state a while now, Tim knows this. Yep. And and I got to know Russell. Um went up and watched him play in high school. He's from Richmond, Virginia, played at collegiate Yeah. Right yep. Richmond.
0: Yeah. I'm from Richmond. He was Yeah, there you go, you know
2: where collegiate school is, I'm sure. Yep. So I mean, it was stud. I mean, I was shocked that, you know, he, I think he was picking state over like Duke or somebody at the time, two-star mm-hmm. kid. Um, if you watch him play, it was just a no-brainer, right? But he's always been that way. He's very like, I don't want to say it's one of those deals where he kind of wants to feel like he's making everybody feel happy. If that makes, you know, like, it's like, he feels like he has to say everything, what people want to hear. And yeah. I think he's kind of, you, and you see him now, man, it's like knowing him from, you know, how he was at NC State, and you see how it, the persona he tries to project when he's with Sierra. <laughs> I mean, like I was you guys <laughs> see some of that yeah. stuff. Oh, and yeah. then it's completely different from when he's doing, like, a commercial for, you know, Subway or whoever. It's just yeah. like it can come off just kind of like fake. It's kind I of
0: cringy. Yeah,
2: and I like Russ. Yeah. I mean, I think State completely – like one of the biggest mistakes I've seen NC State make in any sport – since I've been covering them, is is running off Russell Wilson because they ran him off. I know they. Did. Mm-hmm. He yeah, wanted yeah. to return, and, you know, and now you've got a guy saying he's a Badger or something like you know who's a like he's no, a, all, a pack all, full of Badgers.
0: All, yeah, he's yeah, a Hall
2: of Famer.
1: So yeah, that that yeah. was absurd. I mean, it, it was absurd. I understand Mike Glennon and what happened there and why. You know, yeah, as a football no. coach, you you want obviously to protect your guy that's been waiting in the wings, but at the same time collegiate players like Russell, uh, they don't come around often. No, and uh, what state could have done with Russell in that last year? I mean, you saw it winning the big ten with the Badgers there, you know, after so that, yeah, that was you, a tough pill to swallow for sure. Mike is like
2: Mike Glennon, we had him on our podcast yesterday. He's one of my good, he's a good friend. I mean, the same thing. I went and watched him play in high school. Yep. and I said at the time, I'm like, you know as much as I like Mike, at NC State, you rarely have the best player in the league, period. Mm-hmm. like you rarely have him. So when you have him, you don't run him off.
0: Right. Even right. though Mike
2: ends up being a pro, Mike was he played in the league. You know he was all sure. ACC. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Long time. You don't make that decision because that gap is what you need to win a title. They didn't want an ACC division title or title since '79. I mean, come on. I mean, that's yeah, right, crazy. Well, look. So inside, uh, just
1: not to give uh, you hope, but if if the Hokies can win a basketball title in the ACC. NC State is going to be winning a football title at some damn point. I can tell you. Man, that. I've
2: been telling people like, all, and I feel like I'm checking boxes for every other team like every year, right? It's like, yeah. all right, well, well, Pitt won a football title this last year, <laughs> you know. Wake Forest is won a division title, and I'm sitting here trying to keep NC State fans sane. Like, I have one and one guy come on here and say, "Man, I don't think we're going to win a title before I die." And I mean, like, yeah. the look on his face, hmm. you you could tell he meant it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, yes. right. that's my dad. I'm a, I'm
0: an Orioles fan. I'm a Virginia Tech football fan. I totally right. can relate to those feelings. So My dad's been an NC State football
1: uh, fan, you know, since the 60s. Um, the Bucky twins. Mm-hmm. He always harps about the Bucky twins. And how about that was the last time NC State was relevant in football, you know, from a championship perspective. I think the Rivers years jaded him, you know, mm-hmm. because there was such high expectation. Chuck Amato had so much hype around that program from the glasses to the shoes. Top 15 rankings, you know, the onside kick return at Clemson from Terrence Holt, it, it felt like State was there and it got pulled from him. And it seems like every time State feels close, it gets pulled from them. So I can see why it becomes extremely hard to keep the yeah. faith. I mean, but, look at this year. Yeah, it same you know, what I mean, happened? A
2: lot of people are picking State to win the Atlantic this year. And you're, you're sitting here. Mm-hmm. And the problem for State this year going into the year, I told folks on our board, I'm like, if Clemson's back, it's going to be hard because you got to go there and win. Yep. And like, if you can't win that one game, Clemson. Now you need Clemson to lose twice. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yep. not happening.
2: I mean, you're, no, you're you're losing the division at eight 0 seven and one either way. Yeah. So it, it was just tough. And last year was a year for the Atlantic. And Wake, you know, Wake. It's crazy, man. Wake won the Atlantic Division, losing to UNC and Clemson. Yep. I mean, because you know, you played UNC out of conference, and I'm like, yeah. NC State would never. That NC State beat both of those teams.
1: That would never happen. Yeah, that, that will never happen in NC, NC no, State. doesn't never have happen. that ability yeah. to have that the stars line up in that manner. Now, in the opposite direction, they could have the division snatched from them in a similar situation like that. I could oh, see yeah. that. I mean, look at Tom O'Brien. You're, you're a Maryland away from getting to the ACC title game. And uh, shoot, I can't even remember what happened in that game. I feel like Torrey Smith must have went off or something Torrey in my Smith, head.
2: five touchdowns. I mean, oh State was up 14 0 in that game in the first quarter. Ridiculous. And that, that was a Russell Ridiculous. Like like he sees because I, mean, uh, I mean just that's how that's how It I was always happens. That game. Yeah, I was at that game covering that game. And I mean, state's up 14-0. You win that game, and and, the, and they were VT was waiting on. Them.
1: Yeah. They yeah. you know
2: lost that game at home in Carter Finley, and they would have had a rematch for the title that year. And not everybody <laughs> yeah. considered State and Virginia Tech the two best teams that year. Sure. And um mm-hmm. You lose that game 14. Happens all the time.
1: Woodrow yep. Dancler still running in Carter-Finley. Right.
2: Um, it just,
1: it, there's always some guy that that just has a career game against the Pack when, when you know, when something's on the line. Tomorrow
2: is going to be Grant Wells. <laughs> one can only yeah. hope. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, James, look, man,
0: we really appreciate your time. As always, it's great to have you on here. Um, yeah, so uh, inside inside Pack Sports, give us a little idea of what that is and where we can find you at.
2: Yeah, we're online, um, insidepacksports.com. Obviously, all the social media. If you look up Inside Pack Sports, Instagram, Twitter, on all those, we cover everything Um, football, basketball, recruiting, women's basketball. I mean, Virginia Tech really good in women's basketball this year, guys. I mean, number 13. Yes, sir. Um, We do a lot with women's basketball, baseball. We actually are running an NIL program. You know, we call it Elite Plus, where our members contribute to an NIL fund that we, uh, we used to do sponsorships with the players for the website, so that's something kind of different that a lot of nice. yeah, a lot of our competition cool. are doing. Um, we're really big on that, and yeah, I mean, we're looking to always improve everything. But we've been around now, I think, six years, growing, doing well. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. before that, how long were you with Pack Pride? Yeah, I started Pack Pride, I think, in 03. Yeah. And so, so I was with it. them from 03 to '16. Yes, yeah, so I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. getting old, man. Yeah. James James
1: is Wolfpack Sports man. When there it comes go. to message boards, coverage of the team, recruiting mm. stories, uh, you got it all. We just you know appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, come on here you and chat out. with us. And uh, yeah, anytime you need us on your mm. pod, whatever it may be, we we can talk Virginia Tech. We can talk to ACC. Let's um, do
2: a basketball. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, what was that? Forty-eight twenty-seven game. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. I, mean, it is I think really about that game all the time. Team happy, right? Like you guys scored forty-eight. I think it was. It wasn't even like that was good. Right,
1: <laughs> hey, and we really do need to have a basketball discussion because I've yeah, got some thoughts on Keats that may fly in the face of what most folks think about him. Yeah, yeah um, And his assistants that he's hired, I think he's made some really good, good mm-hmm. calls this off season. Obviously, I could talk talk about Mike Young, tumble in the face. So, um, yeah, man, let's pencil it in. Let's do it sometime, obviously early November, and uh, you know get it in before tip off of the
0: season. Yeah, hit me up. We will. Thanks, James.
2: Appreciate it.
0: So, Tim, good uh, good info there from James. Um, yeah, man. You know, I think uh, it's interesting because on paper, if you're just looking at numbers and stats and things like that, these two teams don't feel that different. When you go on the ESPN box score preview, NC State has a 90-something percent chance to win, according to ESPN's <laughs> FDI. Sure. You know, the spread is 13-and-a-half. Um, NC State's even down their starting quarterback. Like, that's that's what Vegas thinks about Virginia Tech football right now. So, you know, we we focused a lot on NC State there. What I wanted to talk about here a little bit with the Hokies is, you know, this is our first bye week uh, under Brent Pry. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he's got the team prepared uh, differently or or what we'll see as far as a difference in either the offense or the defense. I think, you know, if you listen to a lot that comes out of uh, the Hokies camp these days, you know, when you're listening to Pry talk, um, he has been fairly pointed in postgame uh, criticism of the offense, you know, calling it vanilla or Um, talking about personnel or different things like that. Once you get further removed away from the game, it doesn't appear he loves talking about the offense at all. No. He always flips it back to the defense. Um, What I'm looking for is, again, like I I don't expect Virginia Tech to win the game. I have no expectations of them doing so. I think they can win the game. Uh, I think they could have won not every game this year, but a lot more than they have um, if they if they do some things better. I really, really hope we see more Keyshawn King in this game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Malachi Thomas, I think, needs to be the feature back. But, I mean, King is still averaging six yards a carry. Uh, I mean, obviously, he doesn't have that many carries because he just hasn't been used much over the last few weeks. No. But he's been suiting up. He's been on the field – they're just not using him all the time. If he's out there, use him. That's what he's there for. 100%. You know, and I think if you're the Hokies, you know, get your best guys on the football field. Doesn't matter what position they're in, as long as it's a similar type of position. You know, if Connor Blumrick's one of your best athletes, stick him at receiver. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of guys making plays there. There's one guy. No. You know, you've got hey, and We heard right. all that talk in the offseason, right, about Blumrick. Where's he that's, that's what I don't. That that to me has been the most frustrating part with this team. And yes. <clears throat> I understand it's a rebuild. Okay, this team has twenty-seven seniors. That's that's a lot. That's that's a respectable number, and okay? these results are not reflective of a senior-laden not team. Not at all. No. And uh, you know, a lot of that's on the defensive side of the ball. They've had to patch it together more on the offense, but they've had a lot of these guys on the offense. They have they've been there. You know, outside of Grant Wells, outside of Jaden Blue, you know, Christian Moss, a, a Daquan Wright, who they brought in from a recruiting standpoint.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the the offense, there, there's names we recognize. So the offense has wildly underperformed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no there's no other way to talk about it. Rebuild. No rebuild. The offense has been not not great. So coming out of the bye, I really, really hope we see a much improved offensive product. Defensively, I think we'll be fine. Well, You I'm stole not- the
1: words out of my mouth there. I mean, improvement. That, I hate to harp on that, but we have not seen improvement on the offensive side of the ball. And that has become concerning to me. One of my fears when we hired Tyler Bowen was that we were going down the route of another unproven, inexperienced offensive coordinator. And I thought, no, Tyler's got some experience, some you know some big programs. He, he called plays for a game or two at Penn State. You know, he's got that experience. But what's starting to rear its ugly head right now is a game plan that doesn't change. You've got, game plans during the game which don't change. Adjustments don't seem to be being made. we have got an offensive system that doesn't quite fit the personnel that we have right now, but we keep doing the same thing every game and expect different results. That is when I get real irritated. And I just want to see some creativity and some improvement. Throw winning the damn game out the window right now. I'll feel pretty darn good if we show some improvement on offense against what
0: is a, a great defense. And if the offense can improve, I mean the the likelihood of Virginia Tech winning some games goes up tremendously. Yeah. The issue has been, you know, they'll take steps forward in some areas and then they'll take steps back in others. And then they'll go back to those same mistakes a week later, but then they'll improve the mistakes they were making the week prior. They're sure. they're they're growing in some areas and then they're regressing in others week to week. It's it's just a different story every week. So yes, you can look at the offense and say, you know what? I think they're improving a little bit. Well, they may be, but they're also, you know, causing penalties in key situations that's either moving them out of field goal range, causing them to punt, you know, fumbling the ball, turning the ball over, you know, and the defense has been solid. Defense isn't forcing turnovers, you know? So we'll be interested to see what happens defensively. I think the big thing to watch defensively that I'm excited about is Mansoor Delane is now the starting corner. Uh, on the opposite side of Armani Chapman. Dorian Strong is obviously injured, um, but Mansoor has been uh, very good while on oh. the field this year. Yes, he um, has. And a true freshman that's got to get you excited. Um, so, you know, I think in the back end of the defense, Virginia Tech will be fine. You've got Tisdale at Will, linebacker now, paired with with Dax uh, right there in the middle. So I think the linebacking group is a little bit stronger, and then you throw in Keonta Jenkins or whoever's starting at the other linebacker position. And then, you know, defensive line has been, you know, solid, a little bit of a struggle with the pass rush. So defensively, again, limit the explosive plays, hopefully force a turnover or two, and they they will give this team a chance to win on Thursday night. I, I guarantee sure. it. Sure. The offense has to do something. Mm-hmm. It, it, Plain well, and simple, I, like I cannot be any more clear. The offense... Yeah has to do something even
1: with the grace that I am showing to a first year offensive coordinator, because I have shown grace for five to six games. Now at some point you've got to earn your salary. And to this point, we're paying Tyler Bowen like a premier ACC offensive coordinator. And we are yeah. getting G G five result. That's an, that's an insult because James Madison right now has got an offense that would torch ours. Um, we, we but
2: gotta, there, I mean, there's, have a there's
0: no way to you know I, I don't even like comparing to g5 anymore uh because i think we'd be in the middle of the road g5 right now no oh, um, if, if we're looking at i mean it there's Rose a lot of good g5 programs out there yeah and you know i think like offensive schemes are offensive schemes ours is not good right now and i don't think it's a personnel issue and if it is well grant wells was your transfer quarterback yeah you you brought him here so You brought in a quarterback that can't run your scheme? Because that's what it Well, here's what's bothering me even more, Justin.
1: We brought in a quarterback that was fairly effective in the scheme that he was playing in. We've put him in an offensive scheme where he's ineffective. Yeah. You're not using the strengths of the quarterback, which is to throw more down the field. Use the center of the field more. I don't understand. I get that our wide receivers are not separating, but James made a great point. And I hope everybody heard it. NC state is also not getting separation. Very few teams get separation right outside of your Alabama's, your Tennessee's and Tennessee is a lot to do with hypo and his scheming in the vertical style, of passing off. Just because you're not getting separation doesn't mean you can't pass the ball. Right. Sometimes you just got to do it and, and you can't be scared of your own mm-hmm. shadow. And what worries me a little bit, and this is not criticism, criticism of Brent Pry. I, I still think Brent is the guy. Right. I'm not. But what one thing he said that set off alarm bells in my head when he said it was, I'm a defensive coordinator. I know what a good offense looks like. No, you don't. You you do not. And I hope this is not a case where Brent Pry is is limiting Tyler Bowen in any way, because any time a defensive coordinator says that it never works. I've never seen a defensive coordinator
0: that truly knows a good offense. Yeah, well, I think, too, in his defense, he's also called this offense vanilla. True. Like, which publicly, it is. Which, which it is. You know, he would have to know, since he's the one calling the plays against the offense in practice every day, that this offense is not difficult to prepare for. What what does you this offense do that. that would be difficult to prepare for? Nothing. Like, who scares you on the offense? Malachi Thomas, maybe? He's only been there for two games, but he's one guy that you can go up against a poor run-blocking offensive line. So, you know, I think in this game, uh, NC State is going to shut down the run, if if I could guess, because I think they're going to stack the box, and they're going to play man and dare Virginia Tech to throw the ball. And if Virginia Tech can have success through the air, then... You know, I I think Virginia Tech maybe wins the game because that's Mm going to change what they can do offensively. So
1: um, NC State's also not going to be expecting much of a change in game plan here. Um, Yeah. On offense, you can either be explosive, which we're not. Don't have the talent right now on that side of the ball. If you can't be explosive, you need to be creative. Now it's time to get creative because we can't keep doing the same crap every game. So any anything else before we wrap this up? <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I was I was venting a little bit there. It's been a yeah. while since I've been on the pod. I had to get some rage out. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we missed mean, last I, week, so. Mansour Delane. You know, we I didn't think talk about
0: a, Miami. No. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Mansour Delane, I think you made a great call on that one. That guy looks like a future stud. Um, Daquan looks really good, but at the same time, why are we not using him more? Why are we not seeing more Keyshawn? Well,
0: kids? they did uh, they did use him more. Last game. So, against Miami, they used True. him more than any game True. they used him in this season. Of course, you know, he had a big mistake on the opening drive. But he did. But I was, you know, I'm glad, you know, they don't pull him off the field and, you know, don't play him again for three years like another coach we're familiar with. But oh, uh, So much pain. You know, I do like Daquan. I think he's going to be a stud in this offense. Um, really interested to see what we do in that backfield.
1: Mm-hmm. And C- Caleb Smith, re- I think PFS has him graded as a top five receiver in the ACC right now. Yeah. There are yeah, options there. There are some playmakers.
0: Well, the, the, pr- the problem is with Caleb Smith, how good could he be if there was just one receiver that could step up consistently? Or at least once every game. It could be a revolving Fair door, point. but there, it's just okay. Caleb Smith. Or it's like a... You know, Daquan Wright for a few plays on 15 snaps. You know, so it's like, give these defenses s- something challenging to to try and stop. Let's see what happens with Steven Gosnell. Sounds like he's coming back. Um, You know, I guess the wild cards in this offense are Jaden Blue and Christian Moss. Like, you know, will they surface? And then Dwayne Lofton, man, catch the ball. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. We'll stop. Yeah. How, many, how many drops— Have we seen from Lofton this year? Big, not good, big drops. You know, that has to change. So somebody's going to step up, be consistent on the opposite side of Smith.
1: It's frustrating because these wide receivers are not getting their numbers called very often. So when they are dropping one or two a game, it looks outrageously bad because they're not getting a chance to prove themselves at the same time. The balls to them have not been good. Um, Not in every case. I, not every I, case. No, I agree. Definitely. It's never in every case situation in football, as you know, but by and large, been some pretty bad balls thrown by Grant Wells, and that can be hard on the wide receiver. So I don't want to castigate them too much because when you're not getting thrown the ball, I imagine it's much like a, a reliever coming out of the bullpen throwing cold. Um, <laughs> you got to get in a See, rhythm, and
0: our it offense just, cannot find a rhythm. To right me, now. it's about accountability. <laughs> You're on scholarship as a receiver. If the ball is thrown to you, and you're wide open, and it hits you straight in the numbers, you should never drop it. Oh, I agree. Ever. In the perfect world, I agree, and I agree it, it is. But it's it's just happening to, like, okay, yes, of course, you can drop the ball, but it's just Every single yeah. week. It's Every week. It's been brutal. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, we, it's just Virginia Tech just keeps beating themselves. And that is what has been so frustrating. And like, listen, I'm not saying if Virginia Tech was just mistake free, you know, they'd be 7 0 or however many games they played right now. No, that's not the case. They're not a very good football team. But when you're not a very good football team, mm-hmm. you have to limit. The mistakes. Oh, Aaron, yeah. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has talked about it this year. Mm-hmm. The Packers are terrible this year. Why? They keep making mistakes. Yeah. These little tiny mistakes. Okay, you get a holding penalty on third down. You take away the first down you just got. No, now you got to punt. Oh, you just dropped that pass. You dropped that screen pass where you had 15 yards wide open to run. Oh, now we have to punt. Oh, you just got a false start on a 45-yard field goal. Now it's a 50-yarder. Oh, delay a game. Now we have to punt. How many more points can this team leave on the field? I hope it's zero because I'm tired of watching points die on the field due to penalties or poor execution. It is insanely frustrating and that has been my biggest just pain point of the season is i understand virginia tech came into the season a little in over their heads but man it's just been the little things this year that have just no. piled up each and every week and it's just it's painful to watch yeah. it really no.
1: is like we did we didn't come in this far over our heads i mean i think people <laughs> While the cupboard isn't exactly chock full of talent, I don't think it's, you know, as bad as some people would have you believe. I, I, I think there's some there's some talent on that side of the ball. We're not able yeah. to lever it. But the more irritating thing is, you're right. I mean, we're going to get called for two procedural penalties and warmups against NC State. That is a sign of poor coaching is what that is. I, I agree. There's accountability on the players, but at at the end of the day, it's on you to get those those guys ready to play football. Oh, I, I mean, there's it, yeah, when it's I all see over. a ton of penalties. It's not
0: just the players. Yeah.
1: yeah, when when I see a ton of procedural penalties, I look at that coaching staff and in question what we're doing. We ha- no more time. We have to get that cleaned up because you're absolutely right. I could take being a bad football team if we weren't able to point at things and say, "Hey, we're shooting ourselves in the foot." If I didn't see us drop a touchdown against West Virginia or multiple passes against Miami, if I didn't see procedural penalties every single drive, I could tolerate it better. So that's what I want to see. When I see improvement, I don't just mean on the offensive side of the ball. I mean in all phases of the of the game. yeah, outside of outside of the defense, which has been respectable, but at times, Defense gets worn down and then, you know, you feel bad for them because they're in a lose-lose situation when it when it yeah. comes to defending on this team with this offense. Because this offense does not sustain drives.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I, I think, too, like, I'll be watching the game just as much as I'll be watching the coaching matchup tomorrow night. Because, you know, this is probably, from the head coaching position, the best head coach they have faced this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and by far the best defense they faced, in my opinion. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know what the statistics are or whatever, but sometimes I don't think those tell the full story. So I think um, you know we'll see what happens there. But you know, Virginia Tech can come out and improve in some of those areas we've been venting about. I fully did not expect to come out of the James Anderson and be uh, so down on myself, but you know, it just—I uh, don't know—it just kind of flowed out of me, but. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be uh, negative here, but, you know, it's uh, – I don't – I just get frustrated when I'm like, oh, we're in a rebuild. Oh, it's system. Oh, it's this. Mike Elko's 5-3 and three at Duke. Yeah. Okay? Kind
1: of blows that theory out of the water.
0: You know, the Kansas head coach flipped that program in a year. Yeah. Now – they were two they won two games last year. yeah they were bad but they were real bad last year. It's Kansas, sure.
1: Yeah, so they, they
0: had they had negative talent on. There's roster. hope for the future, but we, we like obviously not gonna make a bowl this year, but over the next five games or whatever we, we are, um, I really want to see some improvement on the field. I don't give a rip about the wins hey, Specific, at this point. Specifically the offense. Show me so improvement. That's, um, that's how we'll end it. Again, we're chattering grits. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, go ahead, leave us a review. It's really not a <laughs> great <laughs> notes to be um, but just know. I mean, just know, like passionate about it. Um, Here's the thing, Justin. I don't we're not saying we're not saying anything that's not true. Like, if, that's that's the thing. If we were sitting here five
1: and two and we had this attitude, yeah, it'd be one thing. I think we're just being realistic here. I mean, I don't think anybody wants us to get on the podcast and try to put lipstick on a pig here. Um, commiserate with us. Leave us a five-star review. That will help raise our spirits and the spirits of Hokey Nation. So do what you can. Smash yeah. that five-star review button. Follow us on all the social medias. Um, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the the Nintendo, whatever you're on, we're probably on it too. Um,
0: and Yeah, go give Inside Pack Sports a follow. Yes, do that. James is awesome Thanks for coming on, and uh, just know, basketball season's around the corner. I think uh, has has the AP poll released for men yet?
1: It has. And Virginia Tech, I don't even. I, I know they're we're not ranked. <laughs> We may not. We may only be receiving like one vote at the moment, or something like that. I, wow. What a, I may be, I may be getting it mixed up with the ACC rankings that we only got
0: one vote for champion. Okay. Don't quote uh, me. No. Yeah, I, so I saw the men's basketball was picked to finish seventh in ACC. Women's was finished to pi- uh, finish uh, was picked to finish second. Behind state. Thirteen in the country. I'm not sure. Exactly.
1: I State's got what three straight ACC women's titles now. It's probably state. But yeah, yeah K- Kenny yeah. Brooks. I'm I'm coming at you live from Stanton, Virginia. Kenny, a product of the city one city over in Waynesboro, Virginia,
0: right? Yeah. Boo, Virginia Waynesboro, Tech but Waynesboro Kenny Brooks. Where what? One vote. Virginia Tech received one vote in the AP poll. What are you doing? Rank.
1: What so, are we doing here, Justin?
0: Uh, I guess we're just defending the ACC title. So, I guess uh, we'll just continue to play the underdog role as uh, as we normally do, but we'll do it live. Exactly. (laughs) That's our show. Uh, Go Hokies. Uh, Good luck. And uh, (laughs) we'll talk about it next week.
2: See you.